everybody, how you doing? Welcome back. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. First thing I want to let you guys know today is that the t-shirts are up on the website. Politics and Punk Rock Podcast t-shirts have arrived. Uh, I'll be posting it on social media soon that it's up on the site. So if you guys want to buy a t-shirt, 20 bucks, you're supporting the show. Uh, I'm, I think I'm covering anything over $1.50 of shipping. So if you order a bulk order, you know, you're not going to pay more than like a buck fifty for shipping. So, uh, go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Click on the store button and then click on the shirt that you see on the next screen and it will give you the specifics uh, that you can select what size. Uh, There's only one color. It's coming in black right now. Uh, And then it has the Politics and Punk Rock podcast in red, white, and blue right across the front of the shirt. There is no design on the back. It's a very simple beginner t-shirt. And um, you will be supporting the show if you go pick one of those up or multiple of those up. So thanks uh, for all your support. I appreciate all the support I've gotten thus far since I've been doing this show. And you can always go to the website and donate too. Click the donate button. Throw me a couple bucks if you like the content. Okay. Um, Recently... As you guys all know, I am a huge fan of Dave Smith, who is uh, also known as Libertarian Tupac. (laughs) He's a stand-up comedian who uh, is a member of the Legion of Skanks, and um, I just, I, he is just so right on with so much stuff. If I had to call myself a libertarian, which I don't anymore, I, I for a number of reasons, I'll get into it eventually if I haven't already touched on it in the past, but he is difficult to disagree with sometimes, people, and sometimes, just sometimes, he hits one of his takes out of the park. Home run, grand slam, I mean, over the upper deck, out into the parking lot, and the baseball went through the window of like a $300,000 Bentley or something <laughs> with this take. So take a listen to this. This is from his most recent episode uh, of Part of the Problem, the podcast that he does, uh, and his co-host is Robbie the Fire Bernstein, uh, another funny guy, stand comedian. And I'm a huge fan of this show. His most recent episode is entitled, uh, You're the Terrorist. (laughs) And I'm not going to get into what he means by that just yet. But uh, before he gets to the good stuff, uh, him and Robbie are talking about vaccines and and, um, the mandates and uh, Australia and what level... Uh, people should allow uh, the government to intrude on their freedoms before 
it's too late. And Ra, I mean, uh, Dave had this take where he said, you know, if what was happening in Australia right now is a precursor to what is hap- what's coming for the United States soon, then now is the time to start resisting this shit before it gets to the Australia totalitarian dictatorship police state that they're imposing on their people there right now. And I think it's all I think it's all precursor to whatever uh is going to be involved with those nuclear submarines and the strategic partnership uh Arcus Orcus Arcus whatever the hell it is between Australia, the United States and England. It's like you know all the colonies of the remaining, you know, British crown in the United States, you know, maybe it was, you know, maybe the American Revolution was just a part of the plan, people. Maybe when we revolted from England, it wasn't all just, you know, the peasants revolting. Maybe there was a grander scheme, a grander plan in place. And I don't have any facts or evidence to back up that claim. I'm just saying that if that's true, that would help explain what we're starting to see happen right now in the year 2021. So take a listen to this. This is Rob, uh, Robbie the Fire Bernstein and Dave Smith, Libertarian Tupac, having a little conversation. And they're going to touch on some good topics. They're going to touch on, you know, how, remember the Russian collusion story and how everyone just believed it? You lefties just believed it hook, line, and sinker and just refuse to believe that there is anything about it that wasn't true because fuck Trump and anything associated with Trump is evil. You got brainwashed, you got hoodwinked. It was, you know, textbook divide and conquer agenda, textbook media manipulation. And it's sad and pathetic that the human mind is so easily taken over and corrupted. But anyway, uh, Robbie had a good point here where he, he, he relates the Russian collusion collusion story how it just kind of fizzles out he's like maybe that's what happened is going to happen with covid is like nobody's going to really know what to do and maybe the longer it goes on and people start realizing how much bullshit it is it's just going to fizzle out because they don't have a leg to stand on anymore after enough time has passed and then they're going to touch on a bunch of other stuff that i've touched on in the past and they just kind of they just hit a home run they tie a lot of stuff together i've talked about previously on this podcast into this one little clip and i loved it so i wanted to share it with you today here we go anyway the one thing i'm hoping for just to put a little hope out there as we paint a, a, a true but grim picture we talked about russia collusion for two years yeah. we knew it was a bullshit story and week after week we said it's bullshit it's bullshit it's bullshit and at some point it ran out of time it couldn't they couldn't keep it up any longer Whatever they needed to accomplish, they actually had gotten done. It went away. I'm hoping either, hey, listen, maybe the COVID data comes out at some point and it's so good that the market turns around and we all go, you know what? These vaccines are actually amazing and they don't have to force it down our throats and the compliance thing goes away. Or we start to realize the story comes out that this has been a losing strategy. And so uh, they restore freedoms because government really looks bad for everything that they've imposed upon us. Does that happen? I don't think that it just goes this way forever. I don't yeah. think they can ignore data forever. I, I just I don't think this is a uh, I, I think of anything. Australia might have been the experiment. And, hey, can we really just yeah. go full like it's a good island to run the test experiment of can we turn full a third and. I don't think it would work here for them. Like I just no, so. I agree. I I think um, 
I think if it would work here for them or if there was even a, re- a reasonable chance it would work here for them, I think they'd have done that. Um, and and they're, they're not because I think they know. Look, even Biden just doing the thing that he just did with the, this companies with 100 or more employees having to get tested or vaxxed, um, that was a big – it was a bold move. And I think you there's know, a lot of people being like, ah, shit, I don't know if the if the if this whole society will swallow that. And we certainly know pockets of it will not. You know what else I think they're confronting is that there's a lot of people that bought into the bigger picture of this, but they're confronting little things that make no sense to them. That, like, so example, like, I know parents that are both vaccinated and shopped around for schools where their three-year-olds and one-year-olds wouldn't have to wear a mask, and now there's a government mandate. Like, they found the school. Yeah. They went through the process of finding the school, and now their kid has to wear a mask. They're furious. Like, so most people, I feel, that were even willing to be compliant and play along through this entire thing, I think a large percentage of them have now confronted something. How many people got the vaccines, and now they're furious that they might have to get a booster, and they're not getting clear guidance on whether or not they need to get a booster? That's got to expose a little bit of the lie to you. So I, I don't think – just my estimation, and maybe I'm being too optimistic and just dead wrong, I don't think that they can go on forever with this, and I don't think that they can push more authoritarian because I just think the longer it goes on, the more of the lies that get exposed, yeah. the more it confronts people's personal realities – that people are just like, this This isn't adding well, up. Well, I think there is something to that, right? And I think that if you use, like, there are these a few big examples um, that I've lived through. Like, the big lies and major things that have been pushed based around those lies. And the ones that jump out to me right away are the war in Iraq, um, the banker bailout, Trump-Russia you know, Trump is a Russian asset, all that shit, and now the COVID stuff. Those are the ones that just jump out at me right away, like these really big things that were all so clearly fucking lies, just pushed based off complete lies. Like, Saddam Hussein did not have weapons of mass destruction, was not in cahoots with al-Qaeda. The bankers did not need to be bailed out to save the economy. Donald Trump was not a fucking Russian spy, and lockdowns, mask mandates, fucking vax passports are all complete bullshit, right? Like, all of these things... And so the the Vax passports, of course, are the newest ones. Um, the, the all the other ones, they got them through. It's not that they couldn't get these things through, but everyone knows now that they were all bullshit. Or maybe not everyone, but at least a huge percentage of the population, the thinking percentage of the population, all know that these were all bullshit. So to to your point. How long can they go with this before people just fucking know? And even the lockdown shit, I think, is starting to be like you you really don't see too many people advocating that we should be locking down again. You do still see people saying, oh, my God, they're going unmasked at the Emmys or, oh, my God, they're doing this or there were unvaccinated people here. But do you see a lot of people like a lot of liberals even saying, oh, man, we really should lock down again. And the fact that they're not saying that almost kind of indicates that. Yeah, they can't even really sell that idea again. That's fucking stupid as shit to fucking lock down and evil, of course. The only problem with uh, your series of examples, um, and you're 100% accurate, is that if you look back, even though the lie fell apart, they always kind of got what they wanted. So the Iraq lie worked long enough that they were able to go to war. Yep. The banker bailout, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the question becomes with this COVID thing. What is it that they wanted? Was it just get rid of Trump? Well, they're still going with it, so it doesn't feel like it was that. 
Was it that they wanted to move a lot of vaccines? Well, it looks like they want to move more vaccines. So it really looks like they either, like we've already said, they really need to get rid of the evidence of how these things will work by getting everybody vaccinated, or this is the ticket for the social credit system and for having us all mandatory apps on our phone, tying us to our health records. So if that is what well, they're pushing for. I'll, I'll say yeah. this, um, and I think this is a big um, a, a, a big part of what's going on in with the United States of America uh, in the stage that we are in now, which is um, a collapsing empire. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. You know, this is I, I had a whole bit about this on my hour special uh, Libertas. Check it out. It's up on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, but a whole bit about this where you're like, you know, it. whatever, I'm not going to do the whole bit, but it's like, OK, like we really are a collapsing empire. That's where we're at right now. If you look at a country completely expanded militarily, spending itself into debt, cultural decadence everywhere, you know, like the, everything falling apart. That This is it. The currency being destroyed, the, you know, like all the signs are there. And one of the, the things that is like with all these things that we're saying, right, like all these things we just laid out, there's a there's a frightening aspect to it and there's a silver lining in there somewhere. Right. So the frightening aspect is like, yeah, we got the war in Iraq, but the silver lining is like everyone knows now that that was completely based off lies and bullshit and never should have been done. Um, so what's happening now is that the elite are um, freaking out like they're 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 not behaving in the way that a group of elites who are confident in their ability to maintain power act. They're they're acting like, you know, uh, a group of elites who are worried that they're going to get dragged through the streets. That's how they're acting. And so there's something dangerous and terrifying about that, but there's also something that might be kind of, you know, positive about that, that they realize this is unsustainable. I think that the ruling elite in, in America and to a large degree the world, because we really are the world empire, you know, so I think that they have a much uh, lower time preference than – or excuse me, they have a much higher time preference than previous elites – and that's not to say that they're more corrupt, but that they're more erratic and they have, um, um, you know, as I was saying, a higher time preference. So you you might see in the past where there were elites and look, let's get real. There's always elites. There will always be elites in every system ever, even, you know, it's, and, and it's real. It's, it's like this this um, I don't know. Is it irony, perhaps, or just kind of like uh, the dichotomy of humanity that. You know, what was the most elitist society were the communist societies, right? Like the, the ones that were about egalitarianism end up becoming the most like authoritarian hierarchical societies imaginable because you can't smash hierarchy. It just can't be done. This is the big problem with the left and, and with left wing thought in general is that everything is always about like taking out a hierarchy. But what do you have to do to... You know, like what could be more powerful than the top of a hierarchy? Well, okay, if someone's up here at the top and you want to take them out, you got to be more powerful than them. And if you're more powerful, then you automatically create a new hierarchy. It's, it's you know, you see this like even on like college campuses where there'll be this thing 
where it's like, well, why should the professor just dictate and then everyone else has to learn from the professor? So now the professor will be scared of his freshman student calling him a racist. Okay, but that's just a different hierarchy. Now you're ruling the hierarchy. And is that any better? Right. Usually the By ones the trying to destroy hierarchies create a new one that – because you'd rather at least the professor who maybe has some competence be in charge of the hierarchy than some fucking freshman feminist who's like, you know, you're all a bunch of racists. And uh, the idea of paying someone for knowledge and saying, shut the fuck up. I'm going to decide yeah, what you're doing here. Well, it's worse because it's got all the problems of hierarchy without any of the benefits. You know, like at least with with hierarchy, you'd you'd expect one of the benefits would be the people at the top have some degree of competence. You know what I mean? And like, so if you just get rid of all of that, then it's like, fuck, you've got the worst of all worlds. Um, but this is true over and over again, right? Like, you know, and and the and and the government falls right in the middle of this where you go, oh, okay, this is how a lot of left uh, left wingers think is that they go, well, you know, you have these powerful corporations, so we need the government to regulate them. But of course, you have to create something more powerful than the power to regulate the power. It's got to be, it has to be, otherwise it wouldn't be able to regulate it. So you just created a worse hierarchy, you know? So this happens over and over again. Um, but the, the, the issue that we have right now is that you... In in the past, so so anyway, the point is there's always elites, there's always a hierarchy, but it does seem to me that in the past they had a lower time preference. In the past, it was kind of like a a, a confident okay. el elite what wants to maintain power and then pass that power on to their children and and the next generation. And so they might, you know, they're going to be corrupt, they're going to take some ill-gotten gains, but they're going to make sure they don't kill the host. You know, like you're going to not kill the host so you can keep profiting off this thing. Whereas now it seems like it's like, look, we know the ship's going down. Get everything you can right now and that's it and and fuck next year, you know? And that's that's scary, but it's also a little bit like, oh okay, they know they can't maintain power, so maybe there's an opening there. Okay. Uh so, you know, maybe, there, I mean, there's a lot to unpack right there. You know, maybe Australia really is the test run for martial law. Maybe that's how the elites and the world planners are like, hey, you know what? You know, we're just going to, we're going to see how far we can push this in Australia, where they're already pretty much disarmed. And, you know, they, there's no way that they could pull this off in the United States because there's way too many armed people is probably the only reason why they're not doing uh, here in the United States right now what they're doing in Australia right now. So there you go. There's another argument in support of the Second Amendment. As soon as you disarm people, I've said it before, we are fucked. Fucked, 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 fucked. We get rid of our right, and, uh, right to bear arms and our ability to defend ourselves. Who cares who it's against? I don't, I don't care if it's the government with tanks and guns and missiles and cannons and whatever the hell else, like our beloved President Biden said. The only thing keeping you from revolting now is the fact that you know you can protect yourself, probably. If I had to guess, you're prepared if someone comes and knocks on your door and kicks in your door, right? Well, what if it's a tank? <laughs> you know, what if it's like, you know, 20... SWAT team member, military grade gear, marching in formation, 
and they're getting ready to clear your house. You think you have any chance against that? People were already fucked. They got us by the balls. We're already under control. If you think that you're living in a free society still, if you think that that freedom that you hold so dear and that you love so much is still real, I'm sorry to tell you people, your Bill of Rights has been usurped. It's already over. It's already too late. This is a crumbling empire on its decline. Believe it or not. And you can you can hate and ridicule and slander and mock the conspiracy theorists amongst you all you want people, the reality and the truth. It doesn't need to be defended. It will defend itself. It will always be there to laugh in your face, whether you like it or not. And I love the part where Dave was talking about, you know, the Democrats, you know, the reason why they're not pushing lockdowns and they're not pushing this martial law bullshit that's going on in Australia right now is because they know the jig is up, people. Everybody's starting to know that just like the bullshit reasons that we went to war in Iraq and Afghanistan, weapons of mass destruction, etc., 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 all the justification didn't line up with the evidence. And that's what's going to happen with COVID-19. Mark my word. Mark my words. Heed them, mark them well, record them, put them on a flash drive, put it in a box, bury the box, Go dig it up in 30 years and listen to it and you tell me that I'm fucking wrong about this. Let's see. History will decide. History will decide. If Andrew for America was right or wrong. Let's move on. In this next clip, this is the reason why I'm playing this before I get to the remainder of the You're the Terrorist uh, part of this podcast. Uh, I'm going to go back in time to Dave's episode. Um, 779 is the empire crumbling. And this is when a while ago before this recent Tucker Carl, uh, Carlson, Tucker Carlson interview with Tulsi Gabbard occurred. Tulsi Gabbard sent out a tweet that Dave Smith is going to talk about here, and he brings this whole situation up in his episode 779, Is the Empire Crumbling? And the reason why I'm going to get into this, and the reason why I'm, I'm going to play all this in its entirety uh, on the Tulsi Gabbard-Dave Smith situation, uh, if you haven't already heard him talking about this stuff or isn't hasn't made the news yet, is that Dave used to be a Tulsi Gabbard guy. And for those of you that really know me, I used to be a Tulsi Gabbard guy. I remember saying that if we're going to have the first female president, Tulsi Gabbard is the type of female that we should have. And I don't regret saying that because at the time I was running on the fact that she said a bunch of stuff that I liked and agreed with. 
But what I'm about to illustrate to you people is is what I've been trying to illustrate to you since episode one. People, you got to stop putting other human beings up on a pedestal. I don't care if they're in the CIA and the FBI. I don't care if they're the president of the United States. I don't care if they're your favorite musician, your favorite comedian, your favorite talk show host, your favorite teacher, your favorite plumber, your favorite carpenter, your favorite pastor, your favorite rabbi, your favorite priest. I don't care how awesome you think these people are. I don't care how amazingly untouchable you think these people's power and influence and fame are. People, they are still human beings. They are fallible creatures subject to making mistakes more often than not. I've said it a million times on this show. Stop creating these mental constructs, these fake bullshit constructs, fabricated realities, where you live under, you know, where the, where the reality and the humanity of a situation gets buried under jargon. Corporations don't have responsibilities. People have responsibilities. That's Milton Friedman. I've said it repeatedly on this show. Governments don't have responsibilities. People have responsibilities. If you're going to make a moral decision, it can't involve your political party affiliation. It can't involve your religion. Yeah, yeah, I said that. If you want to talk about morality, you have to talk about a social psychological concept called taking the role of the other. You have to put yourself in other people's shoes and see the realities of this world through their eyes. You have to stop looking at the world through just your eyes. If you take other people's point of view and perspective into consideration, if you are intellectually honest about what you are saying and about what you actually think deep down inside, this stuff should become easy for you. Finding out how to end the horrors of war and war itself is as simple as looking in the eyes of your neighbor. Would you do to another country in the name of nationalism and national security what you would do to your neighbor if some authority figure was telling you to do so? And I've kind of been over this with the Milgram experiment, and it's sad that the reality is 65% of you would fucking probably kill your neighbor if your authority figure in your life told you to do it. It's pathetic and disgusting. But it's human nature. And that's what I'm trying to get you guys to understand. Okay? So let's move on. I'm done droning around about this. This is Dave Smith and Robbie the Fire Bernstein talking about a few weeks back when Tulsi Gabbard made a tweet that should be questionable to anyone who once believed in her anti-war stances. Here we go. 
uh, uh, the the kind of topic of uh, what led to nine eleven, the uh, and what motivated terrorists. I, I I was bothered, as many people were, to see uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, tweeted on on nine eleven, which I I did respond to, um, and um, a- anyway, I'll read I'll read what she tweeted, and then we could just talk about it for a minute. But uh, so she's she tweeted, uh, let us never forget that it was the Islamist ideology which inspired the terrorist attacks and declaration of war against America on 9-11. And uh, it is this Islamist ideology that continues to fuel terrorist attacks around the world. That was uh, Tulsi Gabbard's tweet. And this uh, th- this drives me fucking crazy. It's a religion thing. If we can just get rid of the Muslim religion, we're okay. Yeah, I guess so that's... So at least there, she's got a sensible approach here. Yeah, well, that's that's a small undertaking. There's only over a billion of them. So uh, quite closer to a billion and a half. No, but they can continue to exist. We just have to get rid of the religion aspect. Oh, that's all we got to do is convert a billion and a half people. China's already got factories for converting them. It's already <laughs> got a million true. of them, so it's working down the numbers. <laughs> that is true. Let us follow the Chinese, uh, the Chinese model on this one. Well, look, this drives me crazy because it just it, – it drives me crazy that people still believe this shit. Um, this also, as people know, was literally what got me in, in like this down this whole path that leads me to be, uh, the libertarian Tupac today, uh, was Ron Paul in 2007, just breaking down what motivated, uh, terrorism at the Republican debate and Rudy Giuliani losing his shit and everyone not being able to handle it, even though Ron Paul was making such a fucking, like such an ironclad case for what's going on. And the interesting thing um, is that what Ron Paul was saying back then was that we should listen to our enemies. And that and then, of course, everyone has to conflate that with being like, oh, so you're, you support our enemies or you agree with our enemies. But it's like, well, no, if you're not a fucking moron, like I, how else do I have to say this? If you're not a fucking moron, you understand that there's value in listening to your enemy to understand what they're telling you and, and to play this like guessing game about what their motives are when your enemy's over here going here. These are my motives. Like the, uh, she goes, well, the, their uh, their, you know, religion or their their Islamic, you know, fundamentalism is what led to the declaration of war. I mean, OK, if you believe that, then go read bin Laden, who issued a declaration of war against the United States of America. And it, anyway, but it's the like th- a guy who has a suicide note and he says, well, I can never get my meds life right and I don't want to yeah. continue living. And they're like, well, the Giants lost. <laughs> yeah, right. Like and then you're like, he never mentioned the Giants. <laughs> um, so. The other thing that, of course, uh, you know, like is particularly infuriating about Tulsi Gabbard saying this is that Tulsi Gabbard is one of the leading kind of anti-war proponents in the country. And so the fact that, you know, it's such a sad state of affairs where the only person in, in 2020 who ran a campaign centered around the issue of not fighting regime change wars, which was her campaign still gets this all wrong and and just just gets it so profoundly wrong and this is the real problem with Tulsi Gabbard is that like she's really not she's not good on the war on terrorism she's really good about not wanting to fight wars for terrorism i will give her that and that's really why Tulsi Gabbard seems pretty good if you're an anti-war person cuz you go oh yeah she's she's like really passionately against the war in Syria, the war in Libya, the war in Yemen. 
because we're fighting on the side of the terrorists there. And she's like, what the hell are we doing? And she's smart enough to know the shirts versus the skins and, like, know who's who, right? So she's like, no, we're not supposed to be fighting on the Sunni side of this. We're supposed to be fighting on the Shiite side of this to kill the Sunni radicals who attacked us on 9-11. But the problem is we don't want to fight those wars either because those wars are actually – first off, they're what led to the fucking wars on behalf of the Sunnis. And and also, really, that mentality is what actually led to 9-11. And, it, like, look, the, the thing is this, right? I'm not arguing that uh, Osama bin Laden wasn't uh, – um, an Islamist, right? Like, that's not the argument. Um, it's just that, look, he, he certainly claimed to be a devout Muslim. And, and a lot, you know, I'd say all of the bin Ladenites all claim to be devout Muslims. Now, I mean, you could look at the fact that, like, those fucking hijackers uh, were, like, going to strip clubs and, bin Laden and, and getting porn. drunk. Bin Laden had porn, like, all this shit. Like, you could look at some of that stuff and maybe question, like, how devout were they really? But even all of that aside, if you, if you listen to what bin Laden said, he had very specific grievances. And the grievances were about the – they were about American foreign policy. And I really think it's just undeniable that this is not – whether or not this is what – like whatever motivated bin Laden, what motivated people to be – like be willing to suicide bomb themselves or fly planes into buildings or all of this stuff, the, the reason why he was able to recruit people was in reaction to American foreign policy. And what bin Laden talked about in his declaration of war, as Scott Horton says, read it and weep. Everyone who has this narrative, just read it. Just read what he had to say. And he goes on and on about his major grievances were that we had military bases in Saudi Arabia, which is their holy land. And that he thought of this as an affront to the religion, right? Okay, so not completely removed from being religious, but a little bit of a different element in there too. Not just, oh, I'm a crazy religious person, but like, we don't like your presence here. And the fact that the Saudi dictatorship, the royal family that we prop up allowed this to happen in Saudi Arabia, and that we used those bases to launch the brutal bombing campaigns and sanctions of Iraq pre-George W. Bush's war in Iraq. We're talking about under George H.W. Bush and under Bill Clinton, which led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Iraqis and, according to some studies, hundreds of thousands of children. Um, so that was a major one. Uh, propping up Israel in their ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians, bombing campaigns, propping up dictatorships all around the Muslim world, uh, several, you know, but it was all about American foreign policy. And you know, by the way, another another thing to focus on is that, you know, since 9-11, there's been dozens of uh, what are known as FBI sting operations, which are more accurately described as FBI entrapment operations where, you, you know, how they do this shit, right? Like they go around to, to young Muslim kids and young adults, I should say, and try to convince them to, be, to become a terrorist to commit some terrorist act, they catch him in the act, stop it, and then arrest him. And then they get to brag about how we've thwarted all these terrorist attacks. But, really, you, but the one thing worth noting is that in every one of these, when, when our own FBI tries to entrap one of these people into a terrorist organization, do you know what they say to them? 
They never go to him and start quoting verses from the Quran and talking about like the extreme, you know, like their religion and how the religion tells them to fucking, you know, c commit this fucking, you know, uh, uh, you know, jihad against the infidels or something. What they talk to him about is American foreign policy. Like even they know that in order to recruit these people, you got to talk about how our foreign policy kills women and children in their homeland. And and the idea of like downplaying this, I was saying this before, um, is it's like if you were to like kill someone's kid and then they come back and kill one of your kids and you're like, what motivated that attack? And you're like, he's a nut. I think it's his religion. And then that if that guy was a very religious guy, I suppose there's something plausible there. You could be like, yeah, he's always talking about his religion. And you're like, you're really just going to leave out the part where you killed this kid? Like, doesn't that just seem like that probably had something to do with what happened here? Like, a really big part of what, had, like, happened? And so that's what Tulsi Gabbard's doing. It's completely leaving all of this out. The, the idea that we think, we, like, that, that as, if, uh, as if history started on 9-11. And that it was just, we were just so damn awesome, and they were just so damn Muslim, and that's why terrorism, you know, it just happens that way. Now, this isn't to say this isn't a defense of Islam or any other religion, but this isn't saying that there's no poisonous ideas in Islam. I, I don't know. Sure. There's poisonous ideas in almost every ideology and every religion and every, you know, like nothing's perfect. But. I mean, come on, man, if you're going to talk about the motivating factors to leave all of that stuff out and. You know, um, Michael uh, uh, Scheuer who was the, the CIA, uh, the head of the bin Laden unit. Like, the, he was the, he was like, the, the, he was, I think, over 25 years in the CIA. This was a guy running operations. His whole mission was to get bin Laden. He did not give a shit. He, he would kill whoever needed to be killed, go do it. He was a guy who would follow whatever orders, and he's also not at all like a bleeding heart libertarian. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy who's like, the CIA should be abolished or something like that. He's a guy who's like, you tell me who to kill and who not to kill. And if that's in our best well, interest, I'll do that. people to do it. Yeah. No, he's not that guy. He, he's definitely not that guy. Um, and he's a, a bit of a kook himself, too. But, but even he said, he was like, look, here's the reality of the situation. Us, uh, like, propping up Israel and Saudi Arabia and, and Egypt and Qatar and all these countries, he goes, this comes with a price to be paid. And so his position was always like he, he just looked at it like purely almost the way the, the, the way you would think in a book like the CIA should look at things. He was like, hey, boss, like politicians, you're the boss. If you tell me that price is worth it, then fine. Let's support Israel forever and we'll pay that price. But this is the price. I'm just telling you the information that this is the price that comes with it is this is terrorism. As Pat Buchanan said, terrorism is the price of empire. And if you do not wish to pay it, you have to end the empire. Okay. So that's how all of this Dave Smith being upset with Tulsi Gabbard started. Okay. And he brings up Scott Horton in that clip. And if you guys don't know who Scott Horton is, boy, you better go look up Scott Horton. Go look at his journalism. Go look at his track record, his history. Go look at... Listen to his podcast. I mean, I can't believe I haven't talked about Scott Horton on this show yet. Boy, it's coming. Don't worry. 
Um, so just real quick before I get to the good stuff, uh, what were my takeaways from that? Uh, Ron Paul uh, was right. Part of the reason why I, I gravitated toward the liberty movement and quote-unquote anarchism, quote-unquote minarchism, quote-unquote libertarianism, uh, quote-unquote Austrian economics, uh, the Mises Institute, etc., 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 okay? The reason why I even got interested in a lot of that stuff was because Ron Paul was born into this world, grew up and existed, and did the things that he did in his life as an adult and as a member of our government. And if you are a true statesman or stateswoman, statesperson, if you are a true American, Ron Paul better be one of your heroes, regardless of your party affiliation. And if he's not, guess what? There's a good chance you have not even taken the first step in your quest from ignorance to wisdom. You are still a member of the cult of American anti-intellectualism. And my other takeaway from that is pff, people. It's, a, it's circular logic. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The propaganda is there to make you think it's the religion, it's the ideology, it's the, it's the crazy group of violent extremists who have terrible ideas about Americans and they want to wipe us off the face of the planet. And you know what's filling their brains with that? <laughs> They're CIA-trained uh, religious extremist clerics that were once employed by the CIA, trained by the CIA, given weapons, taught how to really do some damage. And they're telling them about American foreign policy. They're telling them, you know what? Because this person's willing to kill your children, isn't that worth you going and suicide bombing them? It makes a lot of sense when you take the role of the other. It makes a lot more sense when you put your ego aside and you step into other people's shoes and try to see their situation through their eyes. You're going to learn a lot. You're probably going to learn some stuff you don't want to know. And if you run away from it, then you're not being intellectually honest. You're not being intellectually curious. So let here we go. Let's move on. So after the tweet that Tulsi just talked, that she tweeted this, oh, it's this extremist regime and blah, 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 blah. Now she goes on Tucker Carlson recently, and he asks her, hey, you know, this drone strike accidentally killed women and children. We are, government is responsible in these targeted attacks for killing women and children. And she just doesn't get it. You know, Dave Smith was really upset with her tweet. Well, boy, I'm going to give a, you a disclaimer. Uh, this is the most I've, I've ever... This segment of Dave Smith's show is him really taking the gloves off and being really upset about this. And I swear to God, the man sometimes is my inner monologue. Because I was a Tulsi Gabbard guy just like he was. And we have no choice but to pull away from her. Because she really, either she's 
she's towing a party line somewhere and she sold out to the big club or she really is that inept and clueless about the realities of this world. And I find that hard to believe considering she's a, a member of our government and she's a, a, a veteran. She served. She's been over there. She should know better. Take a listen to one of the most ruthless takedowns I have ever heard from Dave Smith in my lifetime. Grab a beverage, sit back, and listen to this. Um, let's let's start with this. Uh, Tulsa Gabbard was on Tucker Carlson the other night, and it was rough. And I just, I feel like as someone who's said some nice things about Tulsi Gabbard in the past and and been fairly critical of her at times, uh, you know, but the fact that I've I've complimented her and kind of rooted for her at, at times, I just felt like I couldn't not address this because it was, uh, it was bad. It was real bad. Um, you know what? Let's play. Let's play a little bit of it and then we will respond. Congresswoman, thanks so much for coming on. So... You get to lie, I mean, this will not shock you because you've seen it so much, but you get to lie about the loss of human life, you get caught, and nothing happens to you? What kind of system is that? I mean, this kind of accountability is critical. I, I want to point out first that anytime there are civilian casualties in war, it is tragic and terrible. Yeah. War is a terrible thing, and, and I think it's important for the American people to understand that Islamist jihadists are continuing to wage war against us. And the Islamist ideology, not the same as the religion of Islam, but this Islamist ideology, which is a political ideology that inspired the terrorist attacks on our country on 9-11, uh, is, is the greatest threat that we're facing right now in this country and the world. It is the foundation of governance of so-called Islamic countries like Turkey and Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia and, and Pakistan. Uh, and it's what's behind the discriminatory policies that they have in these countries against Christians, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, and others. So as long as these Islamist jihadists are waging war against us, we have to work to defeat them militarily and ideologically. And militarily, we have two choices in how we do that. Number one, we can continue to invade and occupy and nation-build in countries around the world, just as we did in Afghanistan, at great cost. Number two, we can take a targeted approach using airstrikes, using our special forces to go in and go after these terrorist cells. The reality is that the cost, the cost to the American people, the cost to our troops, the cost to civilians will be far less if we take this very targeted approach to go after these jihadist terrorist cells than if we continue making the very same mistakes that we saw in Afghanistan and other parts of the world. Okay, just pause it. Pause it right there. God fucking damn it, Tulsi. God fucking damn it. I mean, look, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to pull any punches on this segment. And if there are some people listening to this who, because uh, I know we have a certain portion of our audience who are kind of like right-wingers who haven't completely given up on all this fucking idiotic shit, but I don't care. That's not what you fucking listen to my show for, so... Just fucking deal with this, and if this upsets you emotionally, then good. You need to hear this. Okay, Tulsi, you're the terrorist. That's what you sound like right now. You're the fucking terrorist. 
Uh, fucking focusing on this ideology that has declared war on us. You were just asked about murdering a family with babies. That's what the question was about. And no one being held accountable. And your answer is how evil their ideology is. That they're, they're this Islamist ideology, which isn't fucking, you know, it's not really Islam, but it is this political ideology, which she broadly defines as Turkey, Iran, Saudi Arabia. Like, what? Just these entire fucking nations, some of whom hate each other's guts, um, some of whom are allies, you know, just all of them. That's just it. Their ideology, their ideology is so evil. Is their ideology so evil that it would justify killing babies and no one being held accountable for it? Oh, yeah, because that's what you're doing right now. By the way, Tucker Carlson has her on because she's anti-war lady and he's setting her up to just be like, yeah, this is a fucking outrage. You can't kill babies. I'm sorry, you can't kill babies and there be no, like, um, you know, fucking... No ramifications, no accountability, no punishment, nothing. You don't even lose your job. I don't need Like, what's the appropriate punishment for killing a baby? Like, think about that. What's the appropriate punishment? Because I actually don't think death is good enough. I think you got to come up with something worse than death. But you're not even fired. I don't even think anyone responsible for this drone strike got a fucking a week of, of their pay docked. So you hear about that and your response is, let me tell you how bad their ideology is. I mean, their ideology will allow them to kill innocent people. But we, we're nothing like that. But of course she says, well, no, this is the, the idea here is that we don't need to fight regime change wars. We just need to have these targeted strikes. Tulsi. We're talking about a targeted strike that just killed a bunch of babies. You dingbat. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is the one issue you're supposed to be good on. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get how anyone could have that much fucking cognitive dissonance that you're going to sit there and not realize you're the terrorist. You have the mentality of the terrorist right now. You're justifying why it's okay to go fucking kill innocent people because we're confronting this great evil. That's their ideology, except we actually did declare war on them. By the way, I'm not justifying them. They're evil for the same fucking reason that Tulsi Gabbard is evil right here. God damn it, dude. I'm, I gotta say, I'm done. I'm off the fucking Tulsi thing forever. If she can't even be good enough on the issue, the only, listen, it's not like she's good on anything else. It's not like she's good on any other issue except fucking war. So fuck this. That's what you're going to say. Oh, yeah, we just we really just need to be smart about this. We got to just be smart and just have targeted strikes. And by targeted, I mean Iran, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, you know, just targeted on gigantic countries that we fucking need to go to war with. That's it. Just fucking targeting. I mean, these targeted strikes are going to kill some babies. Sure. But, you know, babies got to die because Islamists who have declared war on us. Uh, who exactly has declared war on us? From uh, I, I remember that's basically just uh, rehashing Obama's argument and policy. That she sounds like George W. Bush, dude. Like she's fucking, 
Worse than Obama rhetorically, well, but yes, that's his no, policy. The, the right. shift was we, we have to be at war with these people. War is too expensive, so we're going to engage in targeted strikes. Um, it's really tone deaf to be saying that in response to, but we just fucked up on these strikes. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a given that we need to be at war with these people. Uh, also, like, we're gambling on – here's what we're doing. We're basically using robots to kill these people target from the sky. Yeah. So what happens when they get good enough drone technology or good enough robot technology that without going to war with us, they can kill kids over here? Like, yeah. the, like, we actually have the opportunity to take the moral high ground and be like, let's not do this at all. And then in 10 years from now or 20 years from now, when they've got the technology to do this shit to us, how are we going to stop them? Well, you know, that's, a, that's a, an interesting uh, point to make. But, yeah, when you talk about moral high ground, like, how how the fuck can you judge this Islamist ideology? Let's say it's everything that fucking Tulsi Gabbard claims it is, you know, which is fucking bullshit. But, again, I'm not saying there's no such thing as Islamist ideology. I'm just saying that she's defining it so broadly that you could justify a war with any of these fucking countries. But how do you have any moral high ground to judge this while, while you're like, as Scott Horton put it, while you're standing in a swimming pool of the blood of innocent people, judging their ideology, you literally just ducked a question about murdering innocent children with a, yeah, 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 it's wrong, but their ideology is so bad. Well, I, I, geez, man, I wonder why they don't fucking listen to you. I mean, how do you have any, like Scott had this great rant at, at Freedom Fest about this, where he was saying, He's like, how can how could you ever be taken seriously if you were to say like, you know, and of course there are these it, like egregious, you know, human rights violations in Muslim countries, like just these barbaric, you know, customs of, you know, all, all over the place. Like, I mean, OK, if you want to just pick one of those countries, I could give you uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, who's our big fucking, uh, you know. Our, our big partner over there who we prop up. Yeah, they have like fucking culture police and they'll fucking they chop the hands off of people caught stealing and they fucking like they, they stone women to death. I mean, they do all types of shit. But how could we ever like judge one of the forget even judge. But like when you're justifying or or brushing away a drone strike like this, what are you going to do? Be like, you don't treat your people good. I mean, sure, we'll fucking murder them with a sky robot, but we'd like you to treat them good before we murder them with a sky robot. And, you know, if we do, we'll just say, yeah, whatever, that's not really the point. God damn it. I also, God damn, I, is it painful to fucking listen to? Creating a, having us versus them thinking and then working on that, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where yeah. you're going to have a them. Because everyone's just afraid of the other. That's all it is. If there's any argument for having third-party control monopoly over violence and having a police force, it's because otherwise people go, ah, they're coming for me. I better go get them first. And, and the idea so, that she would yeah. say, and she says in that clip, that, that the Islamist ideology is still the number one threat that we face in the United States of America. Is she not what, listening to the what, scientists on COVID? Yeah, like, what planet do you live on? My fucking natural immunity-bearing friend can't go to a restaurant. Like, that people's lives have been destroyed just by the COVID regime. There's, I, I could list off a hundred fucking things that are bigger threats than fucking Islamists in Turkey.
Are you out of your fucking mind? Uh, Saudi Arabia? Why are they a threat? They're a threat because they get my fucking taxpayer money to fucking launch a war of genocide in Yemen. They're a threat to the fucking Houthis. How the fuck are they? They're a threat to me. And the big, yeah, please. And the biggest threat, the biggest fucking threat. I mean, ask yourself honestly, remove yourself from this fucking bullshit like ideology and and listen, like I'm speaking directly to any of the fucking right wingers who listen to this show who are, are somewhat sympathetic to that message in real life. Forget ideas and abstractions in your real life. How much has Islamists been a threat to you? What have they done? What have they fucking done to you? Oh, and by the way, if it's Al Qaeda or it's ISIS that you're thinking of, well, they were both fucking funded and armed in the case of Al-Qaeda trained by the CIA. Those are facts. So, okay. But just saying, even including them, what if they... Fucking cops are more of a threat to your liberty. Inflation's more of a threat to your liberty. The debt is more of a threat to your liberty. A fucking... I, I, it's just... It's goddamn ridiculous. It's goddamn fucking ridiculous. Fucking <laughs> woke college professors are more of a threat to your fucking liberty than Islamists are. And, and they declared war on us. And, and they were, and like I said on the last show, and they were motivated by this Islamist ideology. That's it. That's as deep as we'll fucking look into it. This is why the fucking, this is why fucking Ron Paul was the only real one. Because he's the only one who understood what actually motivated this whole fucking war. And if you don't want to look at that, then you're fucking done. And, and the thing that's so goddamn infuriating about it is that Tulsi Gabbard, you, here's the thing, right? You know what actually motivates this whole fucking war a lot more than the Islamist ideology does? Is what you just did. That. That the death of their children means next to nothing to you. That you can just brush that away. Like, that's just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, we, yeah, we killed a whole bunch of their kids, but you know what? We got to keep doing it because fucking their ideology is all fucked up. That, like, what do you think? Just think about it on a human fucking level. If, like, okay, I know a lot of religious people. Rob, you grew up in a religious fucking background, right? A lot of people, I'm sure, listening are very religion, are very religious. Um, Someone being a different religion than you, ha having like the, you know, an, an extreme fundamentalist worldview or something like that, could it motivate you to kill some people? Okay. I'm not saying it can't. I'm not saying it can't be a contributing factor. Imagine your kids or kids of your family members or kids that you really cared about were killed and someone had the attitude that Tulsi Gabbard just had about them being murdered. You think that could motivate you to kill some people? Just ask yourself that question. Here, let's play a little bit more from her, see if she says something else awful. That's the end of the clip? All right, good. Uh, the, does the tuck man respond? No, he just fucking gives her the tucker look the whole time and is fucking real confused. And like, But he clearly set, yeah, he set her up. Like, he clearly set her up to be like, how is this possible that there's no fucking accountability for, for any of this? And I'm not even saying, look, I'm not saying that we should kill the people who were responsible for this drone strike. I mean, I don't know. We should just stop doing all of this. But you would think if there was any decency, right, if there was any humanity, that if you were involved in something like that, you would just have the basic human decency 
to quit and just go like build schools for underprivileged kids for the rest of your life. That's all I'm asking. I'm not even asking that they get put up against a wall and executed. I'm just saying have the decency to quit, never speak in public again, wear a bag over your face for the rest of your life, and just do charity work for, like, the, the minimum, like, bread and mud water or whatever you need to just survive another day. That's all I'm asking. Just go every day, get on your knees, and beg Jesus Christ for forgiveness while you wear a bag on your head and maybe, like, a, I don't know, like a bell so decent people can hear you when you're walking down the street and get out of your way because you smell like mud water. That's all I ask. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And the first thing I'm going to say to follow that is that I know I rip on you Democrats and you progressives a lot on my show. And that doesn't mean that I'm a uh, that doesn't mean that I'm identifying as a Republican or a conservative or a neocon or a member of the religious right or any of that, okay? Just because there I, you know, I have principled pragmatic uh feelings about the constitution and I have conservative ideas about certain things regarding tradition in a nation and in a country, okay? Uh, not necessarily in a religion. You know, if you want to believe in a religion, that's fine. We This country is founded on religious freedom. You should be able to worship whatever God you want. But this speaks also directly to my point here, is that morality has to be separated from religion a little bit sometimes. If you want to live in a free society with people of multiple different belief systems from multiple different ethnicities and cultural backgrounds. If you're going to put all these people in a melting pot and expect them to peacefully coexist, you're going to have to practice tolerance. You're going to have to exercise restraint. You're going to have to agree to a social contract. You're going to have to agree on how we are going to legislate, write, and enforce law and if you don't do that what the fuck are you doing right and this is something that you republicans i'm gonna call dave just went after you i'm gonna go after you right now too you gotta get out of this religious cult-like belief in trump and god and uh American freedom and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and we'll fucking kill anybody that gets in our way. This idiot, redneck, whatever attitude you want to call it. The stupidest Americans amongst us. If you're not talking about principles, if you're not talking about actual conservative values, if you're not, you know... Not, you're not compromising your religious beliefs by being peaceful and by coming to the table to negotiate and to disagree and to debate peacefully. If you're not part of the solution, <laughs> you're part of the fucking problem. And like Dave Smith named his show part of the problem. That what I just said, that comes from the movie Die Hard with Bruce Willis. 
He's like, you know, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Quit being part of the fucking problem. My right wing, Republican, God-fearing, Trump-loving, red-blooded, Budweiser-drinking Americans. Okay? You guys got to do a little work in the thought and the tolerance and the perspective and the understanding and the seeking truth department as well. Just as much as those progressive lefties out there. The only reason why I go after the progressive lefties more is because their ideal their ideology is going to be much more damning, damaging long term and Freudian slip much more damning as well, I suppose, than you right-wingers out there. So long as you guys don't get violent and go white supremacist, you know, Baptist, crazy fundamentalist Christian and, you know, go kill a bunch of people. So long as you don't do that and you keep your noses clean and you watch what you say on social media, people probably won't come after you. Okay? And I haven't really seen anyone of that mentality get violent yet. Even during the January 6th insurrection, that is just horseshit. It, I mean, it's just horseshit that they tried to parade anybody in front of Congress. Oh, God, oh, my feelings are hurt. I have PTSD from the those nasty Trump supporters at the insurrection. What a joke. What a fucking joke. You believe that that was a real insurrection? You, you believe that that was really what it's going to be like when people that just wanted to be left alone are pushed past their point of no return, past their breaking point? You, you ain't seen nothing yet, my fellow Americans. About what you haven't seen, you don't, you don't even, I don't think you guys can still even fathom the concept of what a real insurrection and overthrow of government would look like if it came to that. <laughs> but you know there's a part in there where he says uh you know he says you know you don't want to kill the host you don't want to kill the host you want to keep living off the host you want to keep you know raping and pillaging and plundering off of the the work of you know those in power the i, I think that's the idea of what he was getting at is that you don't want to you know you don't want to rip up your meal ticket <laughs> right and what he's describing in that segment is a parasite. A parasite. That's what humans are. You want to know the reality of human nature, people? This is just my humble opinion. But like Bill Hicks says, we're a virus with shoes. We are a virus upon this earth. And the earth will always be here. Forget about your climate change and your environmentalism. Forget about overpopulation. The earth eventually will just ice age or or flood or, you know, hellfire and brimstone shit us off of it in an attempt to prever- preserve itself. It did it with the dinosaurs. It's done it with... Everything that's ever happened throughout the history of this planet. And to think that Americans are the center of the universe and that the earth is flat and that you somehow aren't just an insignificant chance occurrence. 
that that's that's some that's some uh that's some ego you have if you think that you know your ignorance is just as good as somebody else's knowledge if you haven't even started your quest if you haven't consciously tried to live your life being a moral pragmatic decent person That's why we face the problems that we have. Is because people haven't self-reflected. People haven't started examining themselves. And it doesn't matter what your position is on the social hierarchy. It doesn't matter if you're at the bottom or the top. It doesn't matter if you're a king, queen, president, prime minister... You know, it doesn't matter if you're middle management. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO. It doesn't matter if you're the dishwasher. It doesn't matter if you're the ditch digger. It doesn't matter if you're just a human being walking this earth trying to enjoy the short time that you have on this planet. And you know what? Maybe you don't You don't even want a job. You just want to walk the earth. Get into adventures like uh, David Carradine in Kung Fu. What's wrong with that? Government's not even going to allow you to do that. You can't even be... I mean, there's a war on homelessness in this country. Where's the humanity there? People, you better start looking in the fucking mirror before you open your big fat mouths. And I'm not saying that I'm an angel. I'm not saying I'm a saint. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm a fallible human being that makes mistakes just like each and every one of you. So how about maybe we all just drop the charade, drop the bullshit, and just do what's right. It's really not that hard. It's simply a choice. It's a choice to step away from your social conditioning. It's a choice to step away from fear and laziness. It's a choice to choose to Give your life for the greater good. It's a choice to put on the uniform and lace up your boots and go out there each and every day and risk your life for other people. It's a choice. Happiness is a choice. Gratitude and giving thanks and praying to the gods for your good fortune. That's a choice. Nothing is preventing you from being a good, honest, moral, useful person. Nothing is preventing you from doing that. Nothing is preventing you from make, from believing that all of your dreams can can come true. The, there's actually only one person in this world that can prevent you from being good and decent and honest and useful. There's only one person that can prevent you from achieving all of your wildest dreams. And that person, my fellow Americans, is you. If you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. All right, welcome back. Uh, I'm going to read the lyrics to a song right now called Born Free by the band The Bouncing Souls. 
And I'm not going to play the song today, or as it turns out, anymore, henceforth. And I'll get into that at the beginning of the next episode uh, that will be out soon. So here we go. I'm going to read these lyrics to you. Uh, I like them a lot. Themes up nicely with my show today. Here we go. Fear is in the air. That's the way they want it to be. Don't trust friends or neighbors. Everyone's your enemy. Kidnapped children on TV. Fear runs through the family. They'll put a chip in your arm. Keep track of where you are. With all of this technology, have we come so far? It's easy to get lost and forget who you are. Don't forget that you're born free. It's better to die on your feet than to live on your knees. People are so greedy, it's almost funny. How many ways can they ruin lives for money? <laughs> I see the choice to enjoy the truth in life. In the middle of all this deceit and strife. A nation's future stands in doubt. Peace and love are on the way out. Why can't they just let me be? How I live is up to me. Don't forget that you are born free. It's better to die on your feet than to live on your knees. We get the message loud and clear. And we refuse to live in fear. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Andrew for America. This has been episode 63 of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast entitled One Man's Terrorist is Another Man's Freedom Fighter. Thank you for listening. Go check out the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt or donate to the show. Send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. Give me some ideas about what you want to hear in a subscriber-only show. Check out the uh, Twitter and the Instagram, andrew4america, posting all the episodes and sweetest audiograms and memes. That, uh, you know, theme up quite nicely with all the stuff I'm covering on the show. Go introduce yourself to Mr. Scott Horton. Go listen to Dave Smith and Robbie the Fire Bernstein on the Part of the Problem podcast. Uh, go listen to anybody in the Liberty Movement, like I've been saying. Just get a fresh perspective, people, than the one that you're getting jammed down your throat by your mainstream media news networks. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.